0: The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. This is a book. This brown part here is the cover of the book, and what it does is it protects the pages inside the book. Now, on the pages are letters. There's 26 letters in the book the English alphabet and they go in a certain order to form what's called words and every word has its own meaning okay and so you take these words you put them together to form a sentence these sentences express thought you put sentences together to form a paragraph and the paragraphs then form chapters and the chapters all make up the entire message of the book Now, this particular book is called a Bible. In this one, it's a little bit different because there are 66 books inside of this one book. And it's divided in two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's 39 books in the Old Testament. There's 27 books in the New Testament. Okay? And each of those books are divided into chapters, and each chapter is split up into verses. Now, at this point, you may be wondering, why in the world is he telling us this? Surely we know this by now, right? I mean, we know what a book is. Well, I'll tell you why. Because I feel like it's time for us to go back to the basics. And so with that, let me tell you the inspiration behind this. From 1948 to 1975, the University of University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, right? UCLA men's basketball team was coached by the famed coach, John Wooden. In ESPN's Coaches of the Century, he was number one. Great coach. He won 10 national championships, had seven undefeated seasons. No, 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 seven in a row and had four undefeated seasons. Great coach. And he had a lot of great players. And so I'm sure that as these players gathered one day in 1967, one of them being the top recruit in all of college basketball, a guy named Lou Alcindor. Maybe you don't know that name, but you've probably heard of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's what his name was changed to a few years later. Well, Kareem was a freshman, and his first, very first practice with the famed coach, the legendary John Wooden. And Wooden says, all right, men, go and form a circle in the floor and center court and sit down in a circle. Well, that's a very strange way to start a practice. I mean, I'm not a basketball coach, but, you know, that, what kind of drill is sitting in a circle? And then it got weirder. <coughs> it's not COVID. So he, said, he said, take off your socks and shoes. Well, it's John Wooden. You take off your socks and shoes, and so they did. And then this legendary coach proceeded to teach his players how to put on their socks and shoes and how to tie them. That was the first day of practice. Now, folks, these were the most highly recruited basketball players in the entire country. And what does he do? He teaches them how to put on socks and shoes and tie their shoes. You think they might have that down by now, right? But he said, what's the most important thing in basketball? Most people say basketball. No, it's your feet. Because if you don't have feet, you can't exactly play the game. So you got to care for your feet. But even at that level, he felt it important to go back to the very basics of Basketball putting on your socks and shoes, and tying them correctly. So, for us, it's important for us to go back to the basics. Because, prior to this whole pandemic thing, in case you've forgotten, we'll pick up where we left off, the church was in decline. Has been for decades. Probably, you know, started in around the 70s. (coughs) It's not COVID. And, and so, what, what happened was, well, we don't know what happened. Just little by little, more and more people stopped going to church, and less and less people were involved and showing up on Sunday mornings. You know, and they, the churches tried to, to ch- turn things around, but they couldn't quite put their finger on, on what exactly was going on. But year by year, more and more, People were going less and less. And then COVID came. And at first, everybody kind of rallied around faith. You know, and and I heard about churches that where this happened. They started doing online worship. And at the beginning, everybody watched. It was amazing. There were more people watching online than had been coming to church in person. It was incredible. Churches were getting really excited about this. And then as time wore on, people got a little wary of sitting in front of screens. And then decisions were having to be made about the safety of worship and and, and what it was going to look like and how things were going to proceed forward. And for some reason, decisions that were made about safety and faith were seen as political statements. And so people that were already upset about one thing would become even more upset. And so less and less people were watching. And then the folks that really wanted churches to reopen, once they did, they didn't come. And so now we're at a place wondering, what's church going to look like now? Of course... I'm preaching to the choir, quite literally, but you know what that means. It means I'm preaching to the people who are here, to the people that showed up, to probably the people that were watching online, too. Why would I be telling this to y'all? Because we're the all-stars. For us, we're the ones that need to go back to the basics. Because we are the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's of the Christian faith. And so for us, we have to start at the beginning and see what it is that's most important. Because if the church is going to change, if the world is going to be changed by the church, then it begins with you and me. And that begins with the basics. So let's get to that, right? It comes from our second reading today, which is from 1 John. Now, 1 John isn't one of like, the most widely known books of the Bible, is it? You know, it's not like Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And it's not like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You know, the first five that everybody gets, starts reading when they're going to read the whole Bible, and they usually stop around Numbers because it's kind of boring. You know? At, 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 but 1 John's kind of tucked in there. It's not written by Paul, and we don't talk about it very much. But let me tell you, folks, the reading that we have today tells us everything we need to know about the basics of our faith. So let me, let me pick up in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another. Let us love one another. It's said in that way 14 times in Scripture. Love one another. 14 times. But ha- countless times, it tells us that we should love one another, right? It may not say it in those three words back to back, But we know that what it means to be a Christian is that we love one another. We love each other. What do Christians do? They love each other. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, is to show love to other people. Somewhere along the way, we've started messing that up. Somewhere we've forgotten what it means to love one another. We we think that loving other people means, well... I can love you so long as you think the way I think and act the way I act, talk the way I talk and look the way that I look. I can love you so long as you do it the way that I want it done, when I want it done, how I want it done. I can love you so long as you're like me, right? But that's not what it says here. It says love one another. And then it says why we love one another. Because love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So why do we love? Well, because we've been born of God. Because you and I, through the waters of baptism, are born of God. It's not just what we do. Love is who we are. It's who we're created to be, and therefore, that's what we do at the very essence of our existence, is love. Why do we love one another? Because we're born of God. We know God. And that's what we do. And, oh, by the way, it goes on to say, whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. The very God that we have gathered here to worship, the very God that we praise, the very God that we say we believe in, is, in fact, love. And so, at the very beginning, at the very foundation of our faith, is what? Love. That's the tying our shoes that I'm talking about. That's our feet. If we aren't loving one another, then we're not living out our faith. Why? Because everybody that knows God loves God because God is love. And then it goes on to say that anyone who hates his brother or sister is not born of God because you can't know God and hate. It doesn't work that way. Which means, oh by the way, that the message of Christianity that so many people are experiencing is not one of love. It's one of hate and judgment, isn't it? It's, we don't want you here. We don't think you're like us, so we think you should be out there. But that's not love. And what's the foundation of our faith? Love. So my friends, what I'm telling you today is... Kindergarten Christianity, we are called to love one another. And what does that love look like? That love looks like our God sending his son who gave his life for us. What does love look like? That's what love looks like. It looks like Jesus on a cross. And so, it is not a feeling that we get, you know. Love is not butterflies in our stomach and sweaty palms. Love is an action. Love is us showing God to other people. Our mission statement at Pisgah, we share our gifts to show God's love. So, how do we love? By being who we're created and called to be. Each of us have been given specific gifts. You don't have the same gifts I've got. I don't have the same gifts you've got. And so the way that I love others is not going to be the same way that you love others. There's not like a one-for-all prescription for showing love. But when we, when we are actually who we're supposed to be, that's when we're showing love. And so let me encourage you. Now, you know if you've ever listened to my sermons, I say, all right, so this week I want you to try. No, 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 not this week. It's the second day of May, so you get one day off, all right? This month... Every single day, I want you to intentionally show love to someone else. Intentionally show love to someone else. It could be somebody in your family. It could be the stranger on the street. It could be the, the kid in the cafeteria who doesn't have any friends. It can be anybody, but show love to someone else. Love one another. Go back to the basics of your faith and see if that doesn't change your life because love's not a feeling but it's an action but that action does lead us to feelings it leads us to feelings closer in relationship with God and closer in relationship with one another it leads us to the feeling of experiencing love around us and that's the love my friends that will not only change your life change this church but it'll change the world but first we got to learn to tie our shoes First, we have to remember what it's all about. And it's all about love. So go out and do it. Amen.